hello everyone welcome to the new episode of everyday talkies now before you jump on to listening to this episode wait take a breath smile get your regular dose of life changing entropy here on everyday talkies now megna we talked about all of this now let's answer the biggest question we have been talking about forensic psychology legal psychology these terms we're throwing around a lot but we have not described them so educate me and the audience what it exactly is okay so legal psychology is kind of like an umbrella term right uh, that under it you know comes criminal psychology forensic psychology forensic psychiatry just a lot of interrelated terms so if you if you break legal psychology into two simple terms it's law and psychology so anything human mental health or human behavior related uh, that has some impact on the law comes together that's legal psychology in the most basic terms if you talk about forensics so forensic is basically evidence based right like if you are looking at a forensic examiner they are going and collecting some form of an evidence so forensic psychology is is using different kind of tools in order to gather some kind of a direction to cases some form of you know secondary evidence uh, to be used so that you can uh, take a case forward uh, for example you use your polygraph your brain mapping your narco analysis uh, and narco analysis is used only uh, like i think in india everywhere it's banned it's it's against human rights i won't recommend it i would never use it but these are basically the things that are used in india under forensic psychology maybe some assessments uh, here and there criminal psychology is more about more theoretical right like you understand criminal behavior with all these personality theories um you know evolutionary perspectives of criminal behavior cognitive aspects of criminal behavior so it's very theoretical so if you want to understand and have a strong research based thing then you do criminal psychology because that is our criminology criminal psychology criminology is of course a sociology subject so it will be very social sciences type you know uh, content criminal psychology has more psychological theories right uh, associated with criminal behavior so that's forensic the criminal and legal is basically anything to do with law right like for example i want to contest a will that somebody wrote uh, when they were not mentally you know strong enough so i can say no this person was you know coerced into signing this will i will contest this so that becomes legal psychology or let's say for example somebody or you know you picked out an eyewitness you know to come and testify in court and you know they say yeah so i think it this person looks like this but whatever you know maybe not i'm not entirely sure or they misidentify um, a suspect so here again legal psychology comes into picture where we are i trying to understand if there there are any memory issues in the eyewitness or if there was any other physical issue or if there was any racial bias cognitive bias uh, so that is another aspect we can kind of um, you know it's it's fluid so we can decide in what aspect psychology will be useful in in a legal aspect so it could be eyewitnesses it could be like rape like trauma right if if a woman or a child has gone through severe trauma because of rape rape is uh, a crime but you know the trauma is psychology so people can also do that so it's basically like it's vast right you can kind of find any way to connect these two things and i remember i think you mentioned in one of your interviews maybe where um regarding investigative psychology right where you try to use non physical ways to 
bring out truths from an assistant polygraph test is one way narcotics is one way so like tell us more how does that happen because whenever we imagine investigation in a police uh, the uh, in a police station in india i think you remember these scenes from these bollywood movies where you are, where they beating up the prisoners and i'm sure it happens in real life so yeah. How, how is this field different and how what benefits are there in this kind of practice yeah i'm glad you asked a question uh, so that's where we segue into my specialization right which is investigative psychology and investigative interviewing so basically the idea that a lot of countries including india and you know in the us they use a very confession oriented uh, interrogative uh, tactic right so basically they already assume guilt in a person who comes in as a suspect and uh when you assume guilt you will assume that there will be a confession and you will do whatever it takes to get that confession out now what happens is a lot of torture psychological physical torture tactics that uh, are engaged in uh, these interrogative tactics leads to a lot of people getting so broken physically and mentally that they end up giving false confessions and that basically will lead you nowhere because your case has hit a dead end you got a false confession uh the person who has actually committed a crime is walking free on the streets somebody who is innocent is behind bars uh or the court says you know this confession is not uh admissible in court because it was a coerced confession so again we hit a dead end what's the point of doing what you're doing the most important thing is you are treating a human being so badly with no regard to their life that you hit them beat them people get killed in encounters in prisons in the country uh and they just might be innocent and even if they're guilty is that how you want to deal with law like if we as you know citizens of the country are looking at the law enforcement protecting us i hesitate if i have to go and file a complaint at a police station um if something petty happens the other time something in my car got stolen like some of my stuff in my car got stolen and i was like is it even worth the effort to go and file a complaint now it's fine i'll just buy new stuff it's okay it's just stuff you know that that is how we feel threatened to go uh, reach out to a law enforcement agency in our country and get help so if we as innocent people feel so threatened imagine how a potential suspect who may be innocent or guilty might feel like how intimidated they might be right so in investigative interviewing is basically a non invasive and non interrogative and non confession oriented technique right so investigative interviewing is exactly that you're trying to investigate and you're interviewing a suspect you're not interrogating the suspect so when you interrogate someone you assume guilt when you interview someone you're trying to gather information so two completely different worlds so what i have specialized in is various you know different investigative interviewing tactics where we try to understand different cognitive strategies of guilty suspects or liars and innocent suspects or truth tellers as we call them right? so based on research we have identified that truth tellers the way they process information perceive things the way they respond to things is different in comparison to liars right so we use this understanding we use these cognitive strategies that liars use to be deceptive in an interview we have developed a various strategies you know to effectively question them in order to kind of uh, catch them in their own lie basically what what happens in here is you're not hitting them you're not punching them you're not doing anything you're talking to them and they kind of get eased in and comfortable and then they kind of 
reveal information that is reliable because you're not getting it out of beating them up so we know that whatever information we have is at least reliable makes sense so how prevalent this is in india right where or even outside for that matter because i've not heard this happening maybe i'm just ignorant about it but like does this yield in i would say positive results for a huge number of cases uk and in scandinavia and in western europe uh, in canada uh, right some of these countries um uh, all of these countries use various investigative interviewing tactics so they have something called a peace model in the uk that was developed in 199 1980s at, at some point right and they've been doing research uh, since 1990s until today right and the police use this model to uh, interview suspects right so there's a structure there's a model and it basically engages in conversation where they've established some rapport with the suspect and they're having a conversation and they're gathering information from the suspects and you know they're probably identifying like misinformation or basically like inconsistencies in what they say and you know whatever uh, information that the police hold against them for example if i have uh, like say cctv camera evidence right showing that you were at a certain place or near the crime scene when you commit where the crime was committed right and i'm just having a general conversation with you and you know i've established some rapport and i'm like hey so you know i'm i just want to hear your perspective like i want to hear it the way it happened with you uh and you're like yeah no no i was here at this time and i didn't i wasn't there in that particular place so i already identified an inconsistency in your statement correct hmm. so i make note of it i i kind of keep it for a later point in time i gather more information from you because at this point if i confront you with the evidence you will close up you'll be like ah okay wait this person knows so maybe i should not speak too much at this point but what i'll do i'll just keep gathering information from you i'm like yeah okay and then once i have everything like once you've finished your storytelling right then i'm like wait but so i know that you said this but like we have this information so you know like is there something you want to like do you want to clarify and then there's no way out right because they've already made their statements nice catching them in their own life so that way you're not beating them you're not torturing them you're having a conversation they have eased into a conversation yeah and it has been used for so long that yes it is working and the best part is they're doing research every day as we speak and i'm still a part of you know um, the research groups and i i still follow all the research that's happening and every day as we speak there's new research coming out within you know investigative interviewing arena development so yeah i think if they if they have been doing this for the last uh, 30 years or 35 years something should be working for them right <laughs> otherwise they won't invest that much money into you know keep this going if something is not working and you know it's working that's why you have your own startup so you know when <laughs> you started fertility counseling now yeah. i love the word though fertility i searched Norse mythology, but there are a lot of people with your name, so I think we need to bump up your uh, SEOs. I I think so too. <laughs> it was amazing reading from your side. So you know, tell us about that journey. You did so many things, right? You started from corporate. You did teaching. You went to. You had an amazing experience in dealing with prisoners. You had a career stint in hospitals. So, what ultimately brought you to start something of your own and right here in India and not even abroad, where there is a better market, as you correctly said. yeah precisely that there's a better market there's already a market there and people are already doing well there things are already developed there's nothing for me to clean up there at this point but in india it, this does not exist this is not there nobody has done this 
and this is where we need it the most because we have we are the second largest population in the world we have so many people being treated badly you know a police following tactics that are not established in science like isn't it a better thing to start something in a place where it doesn't exist rather than putting up another shop or something already yeah. there i think for me this was a vision i am the only indian who special who has this degree so i was the only indian of the 26 people that were chosen to you know get these dual uh, degree oh, wow. and that for me felt like a sign you know i mean it might sound very sentimental and it might sound very you know uh, random and unscientific for a mm-hmm. very academic sciencey person yeah. but it felt like a calling you know it felt like i had a bigger purpose than just going abroad and making money and being comfortable that kind of brought me back uh, the more i saw that the more i realized these are the things we need in our country like why don't we have this why aren't people treated better in our country why are in prison systems better in our country why are people dying in encounters in in my country this is not acceptable the second thing is so i went to prisons prisons in sweden in the netherlands um and the prisons there is is something to kind of behold like you you can go check out like norwegian prisons swedish prisons you'll know what i'm talking about right um they are better than like any any nice they're, like they're as good as a good hotel room uh, in india uh where basically prisoners like i want i went to a prison where they had like sex offenders right and uh, in that prison they basically uh, had a mini golf uh, uh place they had a basketball court they had a pool they had tv it was a basically like a small studio kind of room with a kitchenette where these these people could cook their own food do their own thing uh they had therapists coming in they had music rooms uh they had things like hobby places where they could go and do things that was prison for them and their biggest complaint uh, i read this in the paper when i was in sweden uh, the biggest complaint was our toilet paper is not soft enough So so you see you see we are like worlds apart where they're complaining about toilet papers and you know how they've been treated harshly and people in my country are dying because somebody decides to take a stick and hit them and kill them because they're angry um megna just to interrupt you there now i'm sure this come in most of the minds criminals after all right so at what degree of empathy should we operate with them because obviously when they commit heinous crimes like uh, rape or murder and all of that the general mass thinks them as non-human beings they, and as you correctly mentioned we stop treating them as humans and we want them to be you know we want capital punishment uh, and there is very less empathy in this way and when you say that there are prisons in sweden in or uh, in norwegian regions where they have a very nice life there so i just want to understand at what level do you want to operate with them like does that promote that kind of work or does that rehabilitate uh, prisoners faster so it's like let's let's take an example of a child right so let's say a child did something wrong if you as a parent would hit the child scream at the child do you think the child would understand better and not make the mistake again or do you think if you sat and explained why what the child did was wrong do you think the child will understand better obviously the latter so it it's the same thing for all of us right so if you go and cage a prisoner and treat them badly and punish them so harshly that the human aspect of them dies every day that you treat them badly you kind of become like thick skinned after a point in time mm. 
like no amount of abuse will bother you no amount of maltreatment will bother you you'll just get angry and angrier and angrier and you'll just get less and less emotional so what is the point of doing that so if you actually bring the human aspect into them and try to make them realize that this is what you've done wrong this is why this is not okay and try to understand why they did what they did because nobody asking them why they did that right they just know that they did something wrong and we need to do something about it it's like an action and consequence nobody is understanding where this action even came from even if it's rape for example it of course it's a heinous crime but uh, where is it coming from what is the root cause of rape why do you think we have uh, a lot of men you know raping women a lot more reports of rapes these days what is happening so if we go back to basic understanding of human behavior and why people are doing what they're doing where this agitation is coming from or where this anger is coming from i think we are trying to resolve the root cause of the problem instead of solving the symptoms it's like you know trying to understand if you have like an underlying disease that's causing the symptoms instead of just going and taking paracetamol for your symptoms or something you know i think what they're doing there is helping because when they come out they actually get the sense of better understanding of what they need to do and right and wrong and lawful and unlawful and they reintegrate into society less angry better uh, if they have mental health issues they have taken they've been taken care of they've been treated well so you see like that is rehabilitation right like you're actually rehabilitating them you're making them better this is really eye opening for me and everyone who's listening because i think this perspective was never never bought in front of the audience i'm sure there's a lot of research going on in your end but i think mm-hmm. however small the audience is i hope that whatever you're saying connects with the people around us and you know they learn something new out of this yeah i hope so too let's come back to first city so you talked about so many things here so what does first city exactly do in india like how does it operate tell us something about that yeah so first city basically started as a vision i had for what i wanted to do in india so i came back to india and then a lot of personal crisis later the pandemic happened and everything went downhill from there so i started for city consulting i set up the website you know i uh, you know i kind of said this is what i want to be doing and then i just like spread the word send a link to my friends and their friends and whoever right i didn't know what i would get out of it to be honest when i started but i only had a vision i knew what i wanted to do but i didn't know how much i would be able to do it when i put it out there maybe like 3 weeks later into the web- website being launched i got a call from uh, the police saying we we are interested to find out more about those investigative interviewing training programs you have spoken about on your website nice. it's like okay great <laughs> someone someone seeing my website this is nice yeah so i kind of you know send them a plan uh, but i i also told them that doing this online would be extremely ineffective Mm-hmm. especially if you want to do it in large groups of people this is a very engagement based training right like where you're putting things to practice you're role playing uh you're doing a lot of things so uh, i told them once the pandemic kind of calms down and also of course they got extremely busy with trying to keep people off the road and Correct, managing yeah. everything we had a chat where i said like yeah when things get better we'll do this so that's in the pipeline other other than that yeah i kind of got Uh, associations with academic institutions who are interested in my work so i have like uh, i work with them i you know engage in research practices i teach so i i have been doing that a little bit uh, i've also been doing mental health counseling uh, online the pandemic has not been easy on any of us so that is another thing i'm doing 
uh, additionally yeah i've also had um, you know uh, chats with lawyers who want to kind of you know take me on uh, on their cases to understand you know to get a human humanistic perspective on things and try to understand how they can talk to their clients get get them to open up things like that or like what kind of tests can be done in order to gather more information or you know make it stronger in court like make a report hold up in court things like that additionally i'm also like uh, trying to engage with like corporate clients where you know you a lot of like financial organizations have you know internal investigations that they do correct mm-hmm. um so if they have some basic training on how to carry out interviews rather than you know doing going a haphazard way or just directly get, you know getting the uh, law enforcement involved if we can kind of do something internally and gather good amount of information that might kind of reduce the way the things happen in the company in the sense like it won't come out in the media you know you can kind of reduce the hubris you know that that is caused out of you know, all the chaos that happens out of an investigation so training programs are happening there um, so that's that's kind of where i'm at right now yeah well oh, i would ask anybody who is listening i think most of my audience would be in the corporate sector so if they want to avail your services where should they reach out to you so they can you have the link to my website i put that in the description yes so the website uh, has contact information there's a number they can call on there is an email id they can write to or they can just add me on linkedin and you know write me a message whatever works for them any of these things will do so like are you alone in this vision of yours carrying out this vision or do you have a team behind this to be honest i started off on my own like i said it was a very pandemic driven thing yep. that i did so i started on my own but i the moment i started i got a lot of people interested to engage in some way with me right like people who students who wanted internships they wanted to work or do a little more so i have a few people who are working on you know a few things with me side by side or even if they're not working directly like they kind of see the work that i'm doing learn from it you know i kind of train them in a few things that's what's happening but no full fledged hiring has happened because of the pandemic it's a bit slow so i am hoping that once things get better everyone's vaccinated the pandemic kind of blows over hopefully yeah this will take off a little higher and i will actually be able to get people on board with me to work work together and maybe like engage in more projects more corporate sectors more private organizations that would be nice that's the vision Yeah, I'm hoping for the best. I'm hoping this everything resolves faster so that we can see all the amazing cases that you take up on. And last but not the least, I want to touch on this topic before we end uh, this episode. You talked about how you're helping in uh, mental health, and I think that is one more agenda of this series of uh, episodes that I'm releasing. Is obviously we want to upskill ourselves in understanding what psychology is, and you know, educate our parents, students, everybody who's trying to learn about this field. But as well as I also want to break the shackles of orthodox. thinking of the stigma behind mental health because i face this head on i have seen that with close family members or with anybody whom i'm talking even friends for that matter so i want uh, you to give advice to everyone who's listening that how should we deal with this and i think one important question to tag along to this is that what should somebody do when they realize that the friend or somebody they know is maybe showing symptoms regarding to mental health issues now obviously we are not experts so we don't know what these symptoms are but if we have those gut feeling right we see these things which we can also perceive in ourselves so what should be a next step um a good start i think would be to talk about it because like you very uh, clearly mentioned there's a big stigma around mental health 
you know and discussion discussions about mental health within families you know between friends people don't want to open up people don't want to talk about the difficult things that they're going through but if you have um, a stomach ache or if you were to have a terrible fever or a cough or some physical ailment you would without a second thought go to a doctor and find out what is wrong and fix it so people just need to understand that mental health issues are as equally important as physical issues because mental health issues are also caused due to some imbalances in your brain chemistry you know a lot of people who have mental health issues don't have control over the you know behaviors that you know they engage in or they don't have control over the feelings that they get for example you you might be familiar with people saying oh you know like get over it like yeah, you know Why are you sitting around? You know, you don't have to be sad. Like, be strong. Get over it. People with, say, for example, depression can't get over it. There's nothing to get over because there's a brain chemistry. Like, the neurotransmitters in your brain are imbalanced. So we need to get the balance back in the brain chemicals. It's like you know, you telling somebody to get over heart issues. Like, yeah, get over your heart issues. It doesn't exist, right? Or like, you know, get over your cholesterol, high cholesterol. Like, you know, don't think about it. Don't make a big issue about it. It will go away. So you will instantly do something. Like, you'll eat food. You'll eat the right things. Do the right things to make sure your cholesterol reduces. Your heart is healthier. The same way, if somebody is dealing with serious mental health issues, we need to identify causal agents. So people could get mental health issues because of genetics. You know, maybe somebody in the family has it. Uh, a lot of people have genetic uh, predisposition. When I say predisposition, it means, for example, like let's say uh, I have a cancer gene in my body, okay, and uh, that does not mean I'll hundred percent get cancer, right? It's just a gene that exists in my body. But if I do everything wrong to trigger that cancer gene, it's like knocking on the monster's door, right? So you're kind of like knocking on the gene's door. so that it manifests into a full blown disease right but if you take care of it you kind of watch for the symptoms take care of things you may not even get the disease so a lot of people with mental health issues have these genetic predispositions but their environmental stressors trigger these genetics to open their doors and it becomes a full blown mental health issue like a depression or anxiety you know or any of the other psychiatric issues uh, i don't want to get into complexities but one thing that people need to understand is a mental health issue is as much important as a physical issue because your brain is still a part of your body your mind is still a part of you so why would you ignore your brain chemistry and your mind when you're not ignoring the rest of your body so thinking like that should come because people think the moment you say i have a mental health issue people are like oh uh, have you gone crazy are you psycho you know like these very loosely used terms correct mm-hmm. uh, or yeah i'm so depressed because you know uh, i didn't get to watch that movie like the term depressed is used very loosely so people tend to misinterpret what this means and the seriousness of it. the good thing is a lot of people are engaging in educating people about mental health issues celebrities have opened up about this so there's a dialogue about this which is a good thing to answer your second question uh, about what should people do i think the first thing people should do is talk about it or try to open up about it saying these are the issues i'm facing if that doesn't work within the family they could try other people to talk to and find a mental health professional or even a counselor it's very easy access these days everything is online you know you have apps to download uh, you can just get like a consultation and see how that goes 
it's like basically going to a gp and telling these are the symptoms i have i'm not feeling very good you do the same thing with maybe your mental health professional you just go and say you know i've been feeling like this just not feeling good want to see what this is all about and see where that goes you know maybe it's nothing maybe it is just work stress or life stress maybe pandemic stress you don't know or maybe it's something underlying that needs to be addressed and if that's the case the sooner you go address it the better you get faster right yeah and you understand yourself right even if it's a minute thing if you know what you're dealing with it's easier to face it right so if you don't know about it i think there's that a set of confusions as well but yeah thank you so much uh, for coming here i have so many more questions but as i promise i'll not take more uh, time of yours you know whenever we're free i'm actually hoping that either you or i would you know love to host you if we could discuss one of the cases of yours if you are liberty to share that in detail and understand what investigative psychology is in a more hands on approach but i think we'll pause it for today and uh, yeah but thank you so much for coming thank you so much for agreeing in just one quick message and uh, i'm glad people are listening to this people are more educated about forensic psychology investigative psychology and mental health as well yeah i it was absolute uh, pleasure for me to be here and i think i agreed simply because people need to know more it's like you know like imbibing knowledge right like you you kind of need to spread you need to let people know that this happens this is important this exists for people to actually do something about it i think that was my idea uh, behind doing this and i'm very happy that i you gave me a platform to do that thanks my pleasure so thank you everyone for listening to this episode we'll catch you in the next one with somebody new until uh, then stay tuned Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode. Follow us on social media and do let us know if you want to be part of the next episode. Till then, live long and prosper.